Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com, movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show. It's our annual flashback show, Mm -hmm. which means we're talking about Flashback Weekend, the annual horror convention that takes place in Chicago. But we're also going to talk about one of the great films of Mike Nichols. Yeah. And that is 1994's Wolf. Yeah. I'm joined for this discussion by the man who wants a punani, Adam Risky. <laughs> we should probably explain that. Uh, it's a Steven Seagal lyric. Yeah, that was going around on Twitter where there was a clip where he's singing in Jamaican patois. And the first, the first line, line is, me want a punani. So, like, we'll probably be saying that a lot in this episode. We've only said it 50 times before we started recording. So. I kind of want to do where it's like era era and then it's just me want the punani. It's like a little button just for a little while. Should that song have ended under siege 2? <laughs> From what I heard about him on set of Under Siege 2 it would probably be adding bad over bad, so I don't think so. Does is Fire Down Below the one that ends with his song? Yeah. Okay. I know that does have a song or two. Of, yeah. Of, of, of well, because that's his Gone Country song, and his stuff is more country-ish, except for when he goes Jamaican. Yeah. 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 I mean, he hasn't found a dialect he hasn't been able to master. <laughs> <laughs> and when I mean master, I mean appropriate. <laughs> In short, yeah. fuck Steven Seagal, but he made some cool movies. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm so glad that we, earlier in the year, on the Ninja Turtles 2 show, we were talking about Out for Justice. I have no memory of that. And I, I've <laughs> we did a show on Ninja Turtles 2. Yeah, we did. Um, and I appreciate that we finally had the Steven Seagal conversation where it's just like, in a world of canceled people where it's just like, I'm not watching their shit anymore. It's like, for some reason, Seagal gets a pass. And the thing that we cracked was that he's never cool. No. Like, we're never, like, no. rooting for him right. and, like, let down because our quote-unquote, in big quotes, hero has fallen. <laughs> it's just like, no, we just are like, he's just, it's it's like... um sociology it's like yeah what, what, right. are, what, are, what am i looking at even in the 90s when his movies were big you could like kind of tell like that guy sucks <laughs> yeah yeah um mike i hope he doesn't mind this but like mike and i were uh texting each other on friday night and he asked me like what my favorite van damme movies are because i think he's getting in he's on like a van damme no, run sure. right now and one of the things I was saying was I think the reason why Van Damme kind of has aged best for me, even though I still watch all those guys' movies, is that he's just got, like, a sincerity to him that, that like, he's never I, – I like, sometimes he can be cool, but he's never, like, seemingly going for cool most of the time. I feel like when he is, it's like the butt of a joke. I think Double yeah. Impact, he's doing two different kinds of cool. Yeah, but it's like tongue-in-cheek. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess the closest he's maybe trying to be cool is like Street Fighter. But that was, you know, I, I loved hearing stories about Street Fighter because it was like he was having an extramarital affair with Kylie Minogue during that movie, which I sure, I mean, I get, it, I get it. But he apparently told her he's just like, he's like, how about tomorrow we take off work and I show you my Thailand? And somebody's, I think it was on Blink Check. They're just like, oh God, can you imagine what his Thailand is? <laughs> That's a weird. Um, he want the punani. He want. He definitely yeah. want the punani. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So welcome. We're both very tired. Yeah. 
We both had a long weekend at Flashback. Yes. Uh, but it was really fun. It's a little different now because years ago when we started doing these flashback wrap-ups, uh, our friend Heather Wixon was doing panels. And so we were just there as sort of casual observers. Mm-hmm. And as the years have gone by, I've sort of worked up to a an employee position. And so now I do panels and kind of am working behind the scenes. So there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I miss. Um, but I think you see it from a different angle than I do. So okay. like your experience and... My experience, whereas years ago might have been similar, like now it's a little bit different, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, What got the biggest bump for you this year? I guess just Terrifier in general. Um, I, you know, really loved Terrifier 2 even then, so that didn't need like a bump for me. Right, right, right. But Terrifier 1, like... It has a bump as long as I don't have to watch Terrifier 1. <laughs> I, I just kind of uh, really uh, just became a huge fan of Jenna Cannell from Terrifier and the Bye Bye Man and stuff. I met her. She was probably the coolest person I met of the celebrities this weekend. I got way too comfortable with her because then every yeah. time I walked by her, I was going, JK? Oh, did you really? Yeah, and she would like respond in kind, but it was just yeah. funny that it's like I don't know you, but I'm just I've yeah. It's we're, like we have a shorthand now. It's like summer camp. You just like make <laughs> right, like exactly. quick friends, right. and then like yeah, you go your separate ways. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I had a really great conversation with her um, about uh, like it just kind of went all over the place. It was like, well, you said you talked her into liking the bye-bye man. Yes. Thank you. I'm very tired. I'm (laughs) not going to remember all the details. So, um, (laughs) yeah. So I had a terrifier two poster. I went up to her. I think she's in like archival footage. It's like a flashback of like, remember this? Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm not buying a terrifier poster (laughs) for like one signature. So, um, so it, it, it passed the sniff test. So like I got, I got her to sign it. Um, and then I was just like, I really like the Bye Bye Man. Uh, I almost said the Bye Bye Man too, which is just wishful thinking. I'm like, <laughs> I really like the Bye Bye Man. And she's just like, oh, really? And I'm just like, yeah. Um, and then I was like, I really like the movie. So I don't mean this as like I'm making fun of it. But like, is it supposed to be as silly as it is? And she's just like, they definitely didn't intend it to be. Okay. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then like we got to talking about it. And I said like it reminded me of like a lot of – the horror movies I saw when I was in college where it was like the like Darkness Falls and like all these like real junky movies that somehow would gross fifty million dollars then come on January. Um and I said like, yeah, it just reminded me of that. And then the thing I appreciate about it is it's so idiosyncratic. Like there's no other movie like the <laughs> Bye Bye Man. Um because on one hand it's like deeply silly and on one hand it's deeply sad and it's like kind of suspenseful and kind of ridiculous and there's like characters named mr daisy and then like the girls being like "Uh, uh, i'm sick and stuff like that it's like it's kind of amazing i'm so excited to rewatch it yeah um and then i didn't know jenna cannell was in uh renfield yeah so we were talking about that a little bit and then um i rented it over the weekend and i'll I'll save it okay for a little bit a little later what i thought of it but um yeah, it was that was really fun, and then I we talked about Terrifier, and I was saying how it was bullshit that Art beat her and stuff like that. <laughs> well, he and, cheated. Yeah, just he did cheat. The thing that she points out yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I think overall to answer your question, yeah, just like kind of, yeah, 
Jenna Cannell bump. It was kind of like the Danny Hassel bump. Yes. Where, like, she became, like, a con folk hero. Right. And I saw that Danny Hassel is going to be at Horror Hound in two weeks. Oh, snap. I'm just like, he's kind of worth the three-hour drive. <laughs> I don't know. I hope Canal does some more horror movies so she can come back. Yeah. I, I couldn't ask her about Bye Bye Man or Renfield. Like, okay. I talked to her beforehand and just said, like, mm-hmm. what are you allowed to talk about SAG strike-wise? Yeah. she said, well, I could talk about this, but mm-hmm. don't really – she said she was fine talking about stuff at her table, but during the panels she didn't want to talk about studio movies. Oh, I got it. Okay. Uh, and Catherine Corcoran was like, I can talk about Return to Newcomb High 2, but not 1. Because one was a stars film and two was just trauma. Was it like that for any of the other celebrities who kind of had? Everybody else was kind of like and stuff? whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious about that. Yeah. Um, I I generally just stick to the movie that they're there to kind of promote, which makes sense because yeah. like I've seen panels where other hosts have sort of you know suggested titles of theirs that they like. But it's sort of not what they're best known for, like, right? And it sort of usually seems kind of self-reflexive and like <laughs> a waste of time for most of the people in the room. Like somebody was asking, like one of the stunt people, about like stunts from like being John Malkovich, and it's just like, brother, that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to assume that the audience at this convention wants to hear about the horror stuff. Yeah, they so. want to like to stick to the hits and right stuff, exactly you know? so, so when i did the two stunt guys i tried to mostly talk about halloween ends but i did mm-hmm. sneak in some john wick oh they did john wick also one of them was in the first three john wicks oh right so okay. yeah, yeah but mostly we we stuck to halloween ends okay which i kind of want to rewatch. Oh, well now i need to because they were yeah. super nice too and it got a little bump so what? So was Terrifier your biggest bump of the con yeah i mean okay. i was already yeah. way into it but Getting to talk to everybody, getting to meet everybody. Uh, Canel Bump is very real. Yeah. Uh, Catherine Corcoran, like, reads mm-hmm. F this movie. Yay. Which is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's the one who left the three stars more risky review. <laughs> it could be. I hope so. I don't know if she listens to the show, but she says she reads all the reviews. Oh, okay. Yeah. All, right. uh, all the articles, I should say. Yeah. Um, it's like just Rob stuff. <laughs> just <laughs> the reviews. She's all in on Rob, which yeah. is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I thought uh, today was the Terrifier 2 panel. Which was really, really good. Oh, you're super nice to I'm say not, that. I'm not. I'm being honest. It was like the best panel of the weekend. Oh, my gosh. Well, you're nice. That's because of them. Like, they were well, great. I wasn't saying it was because of you. I know you weren't. I'm just <laughs> – it had nothing to do with me. Because yeah. um, just to set the picture – um, Patrick asked the first question and it was like, they were off to the running, but then like, he kind of got stuck and he just got, kept saying, me want to Punani. <laughs> and is. like, then they kind of had to run the panel yeah. themselves. Which, it was, it was like you were broken. For, <laughs> for a few minutes. I got a one track mine yeah. and it's for the Punani. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's hard cause there were seven people that I was trying to talk to and I yeah. don't want anyone to feel left out or ignored yeah. i feel like most of my genuine questions would have been for damien leone but like mm-hmm. uh i was really trying to hit everybody and i thought the the little pale girl from terrifier 2 
<clears throat> Amelie McLean gave my favorite answer of the whole panel when mm. she said, uh, somebody in the audience said, like, who are your acting heroes? Who do you look up to? And yeah. she said, well, I started really young. I don't really have, like, celebrity heroes. Like, all of these guys are my heroes. And yeah. I thought that was so touching. Yeah. No, it was, <clears throat> like, yeah, when you have a panel where there's seven actors or, you know, directors and stunt people, stuff <laughs> like that, Um yeah, it can feel like, you know, it's weighted towards maybe two or three more than the other. But, like, this right. was great. It was, seemed like everybody wanted to kind of get in on it. Yeah. And they had, like, nobody was, like, peacocking right. each other and right. stuff like that. So it was it was just, like, yeah, really good. It was, you would swear you, you were a professional. <laughs> well, <laughs> I felt like it was really hitting its stride yeah. right when we had to stop. Yeah, like they were kind of taken over and talking to each yeah. other and thinking of things and jumping in, and it was like, oh, this is so comfortable now. Mm-hmm. We have to stop. <laughs> yeah, so. and it's also really interesting to hear that story of that movie because it's the genesis, like, of just a guy's idea. Yeah, and it's not any type of like package of a movie, right? So it, it, yeah, I mean, because like yeah, you 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 make like Halloween ends. It's basically because it's like, well, we contracted for three <laughs> and stuff like that. Not to knock that movie because I do like that movie, but um, yeah, with Terrifier two, it's definitely like I I'm curious, and I'm not saying this like as you know he's a one trick pony. That's not what I'm hinting at, but like I'm curious to see like if Damien Leone is interested in doing other types of movies sure. horror movie non-horror movies right. other types of horror movies stuff like that or, or if like you know he's kind of in his art house moment yeah i don't know yeah. i mean obviously you know i think terrifier in some ways existed to show off his skills as an effects artist yeah and i think terrifier 2 shows him as a better writer and a better mm-hmm. director overall yeah. even though the effects are still there yeah um, so I'm really curious where he kind of goes with three, mm-hmm. um, but I'm excited. I am too. Uh, and then I, I'll, everybody I met was nice. I met like way more people than I usually do at a con. Um, so I, I met Jenna Cannell, who was awesome. Lauren Lavero was awesome. Uh, David Howard Thornton. I got it. He was really nice, and like we've joked that it's it's even creepier when they're like really nice, and then they're like a slasher <laughs> on screen. My go-to for that always is Bill Mosley, who wanted to talk to me about the White Sox, and I was just like, "Fuck, Otis watches baseball," <laughs> um, and he's like, "Scotty Pods, huh?" <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just like, "Yeah, go Sox, brother," and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "What do you think?" He's like, what do you think about Dylan Cease, Hoss? And I'm like, oh, God. Um, and then uh, Damien Leone was cool. Um, and then uh, I met three people from Scream. I met yeah. Skeet Ulrich and uh, Jamie Kennedy and Rose McGowan. And they were all, like, really, really nice. And, uh, yeah, Jamie Kennedy was, like, super space cadet guy. But, yeah. like, he was very nice. I asked him about Boiler Room, and he said that they had a lot of parties. <laughs> And I'm like, that's because of that Scott Con. I think it's Tom Everett Scott. Oh, it might be. Yeah, I think he's a real <laughs> ragamuffin. Uh, <laughs> sketch. Which room are the whores in? Uh, <laughs> and then um, Sketch brought the blow. He did. Uh, sketch yeah. want the punani. He wants Sketch want the punani. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and then I bought like. 
Some of my fa- I bought a bunch of horror merch, yeah. but I want to highlight a couple of things. Yes, for absolutely. I bought the um, the novelization of Wyatt Earp. <laughs> you bought it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that means you went back to buy it, right? Because I don't think I was with you when you bought it. No, you were there. You you were just talking to Mike. Oh, damn it. I did that on the I sneak. missed out. I sneaked it. The um, novelization is so short, and the movie is so long. I'm fascinated by this phenomenon. Yeah. Um, I did buy some soundtracks. I bought. The, I needed the CDs of Dracula 2000. Of course. Escape from L.A. Yes. And American Werewolf in Paris. So, These are um, like three of the most 90s soundtracks ever. Yeah. I mean, like, listen to this. Okay. Dragon, Dracula 2000. You got Power Man 5000. Yeah. You got Disturbed, Slayer, System of Down, Monster Magnet, uh, Lincoln Park, Static X, Taproot, <laughs> Half-Cocked. Flybanger. They're all Pantera. like aggro rock. Yeah, which I don't know why I like, but I do. Um, <laughs> What's Escape the from LA. Oh, uh, on Sirius? Turbo. Turbo. There, it's Turbo. all XM Turbo. Yeah. Um, Escape from LA's got Stabbing Westward, Tool, White Zombie, Toadies, Butthole. What Toadies song? Sorry, everyone. You're going to have to bear with me for a second. <laughs> um, is it a new one? Is it? Cut yeah. me out. So it's probably like. One taken off an album and they just had it left over and they're like let's throw it in fucking escape from la yeah uh american werewolf in paris is some is kind of the funniest it's like bush the refreshment by bush yeah mouth by bush uh is it the remix because the one that's on the stingray mix yeah the one that's on the album is not okay so good okay so i'm hoping it's yeah. the remix um but yeah it's like Skinny Puppy, Caroline's Spine, Funk's Junkies, Smooth Diamonds, <laughs> Wilbert Hirsch, just a, a band just called Fat. Skitch Patterson. Skitch Patterson. Julie Delpy singing You're Gonna Miss That Plane. Yep. And then uh, I got, they had a table where you could buy three DVDs for 10 bucks, so I bought six. Gold mine, everyone. Gold, Gold mine. mine. <clears throat> Here it comes. Here it comes. Okay. I'm choking on my words a little. So, so two of these are everyone. for Patrick. Yeah, One is a, a copy of Bait starring Jamie Foxx. Snapcase, baby. I don't know if you were reading the news, but good weekend for Jamie Foxx on Instagram. Uh-oh. What happened? He, he had like some cryptic message about like fake friends and stuff, but then people misconstrued it as being anti-Semitic. And, oh, like, no. And then Jennifer Aniston's just like, shame on you and stuff like that. And people are all mad at her because they like think that she was responsible for like perpetuating that it was an anti-Semitic message, even though it wasn't meant to be. And then Jamie Foxx apologized and it's just like, everyone get off Twitter. I'm glad I missed all that. Yeah. And space Cowboys. Oh no. Horrible weekend for Donald Sutherland on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said some actual anti-Semitic shit. He didn't. Oh, thank God. That's all made up. Yeah. So then, and then I got thank the, you, Adam. the crow salvation. Dunst crow. Dunst crow. Mabius crow. Mabius crow. Uh, chill factor with skeet and Cuba. A movie we like. Bad most weekends for Cuba. Um, Storm of the Century, which I've never seen. Yeah, and then Baxley uh, Joint. The the big one was um, (laughs) you don't you don't see these out in the wild much. Um, A Snapcase DVD of Three Wishes, starring Patrick Swayze, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, and Joseph Mazzello. It's a a magic baseball movie. Oh, I didn't even know it was a baseball movie. It's got some stuff I think to do with. It's not like full on baseball, but it's got some stuff to do with baseball. But, like, um, Patrick Swayze is, like, you know, an angel-type guy, maybe? Oh, boy. Like a ghost? Maybe. 
don't know. I need to see it. I've never seen it, obviously, and I always conflate. (laughs) Adam just swept everything right off the table. (laughs) Uh, I always conflate Three Wishes and Tall Tale. Yeah. And the two have nothing to do with each other except the presence of Patrick Swayze, but for whatever reason. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why. So anytime I... Yeah, think of three wishes. I picture him as like Paul Bunyan, mm-hmm. or Pecos Bill, or whoever the fuck I think he's he playing. And Pecos Bill. Okay, I could be wrong. I don't. I have no idea. I I've know. never seen either movie, and I don't believe either movie exists. Well, I know three wishes exist. <laughs> have you watched it yet? No. Okay, then All you right, we'll don't see. know. It would be great if I put if I open the thing up and it's like a DVD for Tall Tale, and I'm just like <laughs> classic '95 Swayze bait and switch. Um, yeah, and then other flashback stuff. Saw some good panels. Saw the screen panel with yeah. Steve Ulrich and uh, Lee Waddell, who's the stuntman from the... He's the original Ghostface stuntman, and Jamie Kennedy. And the funniest bit of that was Jamie Kennedy did not know that there was a leprechaun in the hood. So he, like, made it up because he, he did this other joke about how he thought that Scream was going to do <clears throat> leprechaun grosses, but he thought that that would be pretty good if it got up to leprechaun grosses. Sure. Um, and that was because Courtney Cox was on Friends and Jennifer Aniston was on Friends. Um, and then he said something about, yeah, like leprechaun going in the hood, and there was like this pause, and everybody's just like, does he know that there is one? <laughs> and then he started doing like fake lines from it, and they're just like, oh, he doesn't know. And it's like, then Nick DeGilio, who's the panel host, he's just like, that actually exists, you know? And he's like, get out of here. <laughs> and then um, he was saying to Skeet Ulrich, he's like, we just found out that there's a Jason in space this weekend and everything. So it was uh, it was pretty funny. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I saw the Kane Hodder paddle. Yeah. Paddle. I saw his paddle. <laughs> he paddles everyone who yeah, gets an autograph. He does. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's there every year. He's there every year. <laughs> I tried to keep it Friday 7 focused yeah. to promote. Was it uh, an anniversary? It is an anniversary. Okay. This will be 35, I think, because it came out in 88. Yeah. Um. And he was doing an in-makeup appearance or photo op. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was going to be dressed in the the Friday the 13th Part 7, the New Blood makeup, which I would like to remind everyone mm-hmm. is Mike's favorite in the <laughs> franchise. Did he get a picture with uh, Kane and the I makeup? I don't know if he did. I don't think he did. What a missed opportunity, Mr. I think Primero. he left before those photo ops started. Oh, shit. Which was a real mistake. Yeah. Because now he uh, missed out on his favorite Friday the 13th. What a bummer. But it was fun. The costume contest was fun. The whole weekend was uh, fun, and everybody was super nice and super cool. There was only one person who was not friendly. And he's not even a celebrity, and mm-hmm. I won't name him, obviously, but it wasn't any of the actors, because yeah. they were all super cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. I uh, This is weird. When I, <laughs> set, when I met David Howard Thornton, <clears throat> ah, yes. I couldn't place who I thought he looked like. Okay. And then it, it hit me during the panel. I'm like, he kind of looks like Ed Helms a little bit. Interesting. Okay. I could see it. But then... When I met him, and this is even weirder, I got nervous in a specific way, and the nervousness was like, this is how I 
was nervous when I met Doug for the first time. Interesting. I don't know why, but like of all the F this movie people, yeah. I was the most intimidated by Doug. He's very intimidating. And then he turned out just like David Howard Thornton to be like a real sweetie, super nice. And then I was just like, oh, it's just like Doug. <laughs> so now I think that Doug is Art the Clown. He is. Yeah. It was interesting to see David Howard Thornton just be able to like walk around and go to the bathroom and yeah. no one like hounded him. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because they didn't recognize him or maybe they were just playing it cool because mm-hmm. I think most people at the convention like get it. Yeah, or maybe this was the like me. This was the first time like you saw what he looked like right. for real. So like right. you didn't put it together or whatever. But, yeah, yeah, seeing him out of the art the clown makeup, you would never necessarily know that that's who he is. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I remember last year at Flashback, I was in the washroom and like Donald Gibb was washing his hands next to me. Ogre, ogre okay, from yeah. Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, and he had like two buddies with him. Yeah. Um, and like they were waiting outside the bathroom. And so we were all like walking out at the same time. And Ogre was basically like, come on guys, let's go paint the town red. And I was just like, man, Rosemont doesn't know what it's in for. <laughs> I didn't see anything like that. I was hoping to see some more paint the town red. It was funny cause we took an elevator down this morning with Alex Vincent Yeah, and Erica and me and Rosie were in the elevator and Erica was like, we got to find you a child's play shirt, Rosie. Mm. And uh, Alex Vincent gave a thumbs up. And mm-hmm. Erica's like, see, he agrees. And I was like, yeah, that's her favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. And he gets off the elevator and we go our separate ways. And then I said something to Erica about, you know, that was Alex Vincent, right? And she had no idea. I was <laughs> like, oh, I thought you were setting up that child's play yeah. thing because you knew who it was. She was. And then she was upset that she like didn't make a bigger deal out of it being Alex Vincent. I was like, who? I don't know that he wants that. Yeah. But maybe he does. I don't know what people want. Do they want to be left alone? Do they want to be recognized? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think with people maybe of that level of fame or under of like the top headliner for this weekend's flashback, right, right. they probably are cool with it okay. as long as you're not like a weirdo. Right. But there are a lot of weirdos. There too. are a lot of weirdos. <laughs> yeah. So we know. say that as two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, that was flashback. I'm weird in a specific way. <laughs> we'll see what uh, what next year's flashback has in store. Yeah, it'll be the anniversary of a nightmare on Elm Street. Maybe Robert Englund is due to come back. They need to make it easier to meet him next time. Yeah, because that was a real bummer. Yeah, it's what's amazing to me, and it's the same with Kane Hodder. And Kane Hodder mm-hmm. always has a line, and Dick Warlock had a line the whole time. Yeah. And I'm fascinated because they do a lot of conventions. Mm-hmm. And my first question is always like, is there anyone left who hasn't met Kane Hodder yeah. who wants to meet Kane Hodder? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And I have that same question about Robert England because he does so many cons that I'm like, there can't be anyone left who hasn't met Robert England who mm-hmm. still wants to. But there were a ton of people that got turned away last year. Yeah. Yeah, the the thing that just was, like, annoying about it last year was that you, you basically only had, like, a guarantee of being able to get in line to get right, his autograph right. if you bought the ultimate reception. And I'm not opposed to, like, buying the ultimate reception ticket, but it sells out in, like, 10 minutes. Does it really? Yeah, like, oh, this I year I was like, I'll probably do it this year because <laughs> I've never done it and I kind of want to do it one time. And, like... 
I had a like they said it might go out like in a day or two, and then like <clears throat> yeah, I like had a meeting for work, and then like, by the time like that thirty minutes was done, it was like there and gone. Wow, it was just I, was, I have no idea how many they. I don't think they do that many. It's maybe a hundred. Okay, yeah. I think I feel like I heard someone say it's around a hundred. Anyways, anyways, yeah. uh, well, that's my yeah. con. I love my con. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, have you seen anything good lately? Seen a lot of stuff. I love it. All right. Um, this, this segment I'll dub, at least for my movies yeah. is oops, all new releases. Oh, look at you. I've been trying to catch up cause well, I, it's been so long since there's been a new show. Also last mm-hmm. week was Craven Craven. The week before that was mm-hmm. a rerun. The week before that was me and JB in California. We didn't talk about any new movies. This is true. Yeah. We talked about Barbie, a a lot on the Flintstones yeah, episode. Did. So if you want our thoughts on that, give us the money. <laughs> um, or the Punani. <laughs> or the Punani, yeah. We want the Patreon money. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do it. Um, uh, we didn't talk about Oppenheimer. That's really good. It is really good. Um, I, but I don't feel like talking about Oppenheimer. I want to see it again. Like, I want to see it again. Like I, I really, really liked it a lot. I just... I saw it like weeks ago. I'm over it. Not well, over it, but I'm over it. Like, I'm not. Ugh. I want it to yeah. be like, I'm sure it will be yeah. on Blu-ray or on rental or whatever, like before the end of the year. So I can watch it again before making my end of the year list. That's... Yeah, I, yeah. I think I heard something where there's like a four month <clears throat> theatrical window. So that would oh, wow. be around like Thanksgiving. Okay. So it's going to be a little tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it happens because. Tight like a Seagal. Lyric. <laughs> um, anyways, I could have gone so no, you, so much worse. No, it was, it was good where you were. All right, good. It was good where I left <laughs> off. Um, okay, so I I've got eight. I'll try to go quick. Holy cow! All right, uh, I, I saw, love it. I saw Theater Camp. Me too. It's so funny. It's really good. It's really really good. It's not as good as What Hot American Summer, but it kind of has a little bit of a same comic sensibility. I would say. Yeah, it's very silly. Yeah. Um, but there's like. A good song in it, mm-hmm. uh, really funny performances. Yeah, a lot of ben characters Platt like, is like you can stand him. Yeah, and a lot of characters that like maybe not that you aren't into them in the beginning, but like you unexpectedly become like they're like the best characters right. in the movie, right? In the third act and stuff. I I knew I was hooked on the movie when they were showing. Um, the past original plays and one of them was a Hanukkah divorce. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so funny. It's really good. And it, it's confusing to me. It was like searchlight, right? Yeah. Um, I know they paid a bunch of money for it out of Sundance. They spent like 10 million on it and then kind of dumped dumped it it unceremoniously in the middle of a rough summer. And I don't understand it. I mean, counter programming is one thing, but like, yeah, this seems unfair to the movie. Maybe it's, uh, I mean, but they would have had to schedule it well in advance. But <clears throat> might have been like a good time for it to come out because it's like with all these movies doing so well in theaters right now, it's kind of like a rising tide for everything else. I don't know. But only two movies are doing well in theaters right now, right? No, well, Turtles did. Oh, good. Turtles did well. That's Meg right. Two did. Good. Oh, it's okay. So I'm out of the. Um, 
I've been out of the loop this weekend. I'll be yeah. honest. I miss the Everybody, Jamie Foxx stuff. I miss the box office news. Everybody shut out of Sound of Freedom is seeing theater camp. <laughs> I know Barbie crossed a million, do- a billion dollars. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I didn't then, know the Meg 2 did well. Good you, for Ben Wheatley. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's what's going to ultimately keep me from that movie. It was wild. Um Thursday night slash Friday morning, I definitely like went on Twitter and saw people and it's fine. Like if people liked it, more power to them. But Mm. the way that they were wording their positive reviews seemed like they were bending over backwards to still like it while acknowledging that it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't crazy about the first one. I never saw it. But um, Ben Wheatley is is a director that leaves me, like, always cold. Like, I'm always like, look at this cast, and this is a good premise. And then I just – it just doesn't do anything for me. I still feel like I will see any of his movies, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he has yet to make a movie I fully like. Yeah, I think I'm off the, the, Wheat, the Wheatley <laughs> no, train. Um, you're not wrong. I saw A Good Person, which is a movie that I went to see in theaters in the spring at a 9 a.m. show, fell asleep at 9.15, woke up at 9.30 and went, (laughs) well, I guess I'll just go home. Um, But I rented it from the library. Sorry, Eric. Checked it out from the library. Oh, interesting. He's corrected me one time years ago. Wow. If you're listening to this, Eric. (laughs) He's not. That one's for you. Um, So... um, I uh, I liked it more than I thought that I would. I heard it was just garbage, but it was like an addiction drama for the most part, and I'm into those. And uh, I was kind. I, I'm a little bit over. I had a a reservation about Florence Pugh recently, but Oppenheimer plus a good person kind of made me forget about that. Okay. Um, which was that I thought she had become such a public persona as Florence Pugh. Yes. That I was having trouble believing her as characters. Okay. Um, but she's really good in this. Um, Morgan Freeman's in it, which is kind of nice because he's like well, giving. She was a good person. <laughs> he's super flawed in it, which is kind I'm of. super flawed. Yeah, but he's just, at one point he just goes, I'm a good person. I'm like, <laughs> but contrary to all the evidence we've seen in this movie. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of nice because he's like usually in kind of trash now, and like this was a lot actually, of like VOD stuff, right? Uh, or just not in stuff anymore. But okay. like there, he went through like a huge like paycheck period, um, like when he was in Wanted or just getting started. Shoot this motherfucker yeah. in the face! He was kind of fun in that. Yeah, um, he doesn't say in the face. I don't think. No, no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's fine. It's pretty good. Um, right. I saw Bo is afraid. Um, yeah. I, the only thing I could think of during the movie was I read somebody say before I saw it that the movie existing is the point of the movie, meaning that like, (laughs) that's a low bar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That basically it's just like, we should be happy that something is weird and original or (sighs) odd exists like this. All I could think of when I was watching it was like A24 really did Ari Aster a favor because okay. this is like definitely him cashing in all the goodwill chips that he had from Hereditary and Midsommar. Two movies I really, really like a lot. Um, this is – it's it starts well. Um, it's definitely like – it feels almost like an anthology in ways because it's sort of broken out into five parts. Okay. 
and I would say two of them work, one half works, and two of them are not real good. Okay. But the two that are not real good are kind of like from the 40-minute mark until about the hour 40-minute mark. Oh, okay. So it sort of makes my interest kind of sink like a stone. Um, Parker Posey shows up towards the end, and she's great for like the 20 minutes or so she's in it. It's funny at times. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's cool that something as odd as that exists, but I can't say that I really, you know, enjoyed it or would recommend it to anybody. Okay. So I have a hard time, and and I know I've said stuff like that before. Like we should be happy this exists. Yeah. But if it's just weird and unsuccessful, how happy do I have to be that it exists? But I'm yeah. not, I know it's not unsuccessful for everybody. A lot of people like it. Well, also, I think he made the movie he wanted to make. It's Which just is that I'm in favor of. I think it's just such for such a limited amount of people. Sure. That so, makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we both saw Natty Knox, <laughs> uh, which is a VOD movie uh, directed by Dwight H. Little. Um, reun- yeah, my boy. Reuniting him with my boy, Jason James Richter, <laughs> who has a supporting role and is a producer on the movie. Yeah, he is. It also stars um, Bill Mosley. Robert England shows up in it for a couple Reunited. scenes. Reunited. Danielle Harris shows up for a few scenes. Reunited. Um, DHL, just like, yeah. where am I company at? Totally. And that's kind of, you know, it's charming. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, it reminded me a lot of like late era era Miwanta Punani, uh, <laughs> uh, Joe Dante movies, like the whole. Um, and uh, I described it to you as kind of like an R rated, like a barely R rated episode of Goosebumps or yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it's very limited in terms of budget. That's very obvious. There's like you could play a drinking game for the amount of times they mentioned copper wire and you would fucking die <laughs> by the end of it of alcohol poisoning. It's like I've never seen a movie. It's like when I was watching The Crimson Ghost. Have you ever heard of The Crimson Ghost? I know Ghost? of it. I remember when you yeah. were going through those. So The Crimson Ghost, it's like a it's a serial right. from like the 30s or 40s. Um but it's claim to fame is the the ghost face is the logo Misfits. for Misfits. Yeah. Um so I watched that and they kept mentioning heavy water. <laughs> like in every episode, they would be like, and watch out for the bottle of heavy water. And um, say, here comes that heavy water. Yeah. Heavy water shout out in Oppenheimer. <laughs> um, you know, if you're interested. If, there should if be more copper wire shout outs in Oppenheimer. Wire. Yeah, but it's just so much copper wire talk. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's fine. It's okay. It's pretty good. I liked it more than I expected to okay. because I had pretty low expectations just yeah. knowing that like at this period, most of these filmmakers are like kind of past their prime yeah. or as you pointed out, do not have the budgets to realize the things that they, I mean, even watching mm-hmm. like modern Joe Dante movies is a little bit depressing, even yeah. though I like the whole, I like burying the X. But there's something a little bit like, oh, but he used to make real movies, and yeah. these are like weird, low-budget VOD things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a little bit of that, where it's like Dwight H. Little used to make Free Willy and Seagal movies, where he yeah. wanted the Punani, and he used to make ha- Halloween sequels and Phantom of the Opera, and movies yeah. that like looked like movies. And this is like not that, but there was enough cool stuff in it that I was like, oh, I see the, the germs of something better. Yeah, they're kind of like theater camp movies. Exactly, yeah. That's kind of, I think, my new 
phrase for these types of a Hanukkah types. divorce. A Hanukkah divorce. <laughs> Need to see it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then I watched Champions with Woody Harrelson. Yes, I saw that a few months ago. It's cute. It is cute, right? It's I charming. A, I, I wanted to hug it. Yeah. It was really nice. Um, it's like too long. I mean, it's yeah. It's, it's just over. It's just over two hours. Yeah. I was so just like charmed by it that yeah. I didn't mind it being long. But um, and also, I just kind of there's not a lot of sports movies anymore. So sure. I appreciated that. I've always liked Woody Harrelson. Um, there's one guy in it um, who's on the basketball team who like almost anything he said would make me laugh. <laughs> uh, really, really good. It was the guy with the glasses who was. Um, like the real kind of nebbish one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. so funny. Um, that was me with the – even though they they tee up a lot of her lines, the oh, girl yeah. who like everyone's afraid of, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. she made me laugh a lot. Yeah. But they do tee up a lot of her lines as like laugh lines. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. She calls him like that he's no McConaughey. Right, and exactly. It's like, right. It's like a, such a it's trailer like one, thing. Yeah, you know? it's like one joke where like Matthew McConaughey's like, I see what you did there, brother. <laughs> Sounds a little like Mosley. Oh, does it? Yeah. yeah. All from the same school. <laughs> When's McConaughey going to come to Flashback and sign Texas Chainsaw the Next Generation merch? I don't know. You'd probably have to buy like one of his Green Lights books or something oh, like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Champions is cute. And again, it's like yeah. there's no villains. It's just about like people who sometimes make mistakes but want to mm. be better. And that's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, and then there's, like, one character who, like, refuses to play for Woody Harrelson, and, like, it's kind of a mystery for, like, why he won't play for him. And I thought, like, what the answer was was interesting yeah. in, like, a way that I wasn't expecting. Right. I had a, I thought it was going to be something else. Okay. And then, like, when it was not that, I was kind of relieved. But, okay. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, I don't know. It could be, like... Number eight, number ten, honorable mention or not on my top ten list. <laughs> my favorite part was uh, when Woody Harrelson, this will truly be a planet of champions. <laughs> I forgot about his Planet of the Apes thing. Uh, yeah, those are movies I saw once. Um, uh, me too, and, and they're I good. really liked them, but I, really, I don't yeah. want to go back to them. Yeah, I don't know. The first one I never fully loved, and that was yeah, uh, had a lot to do with Franco. But I'm, the yeah. second two are like... Two especially. Good, yes. Yeah. But yeah. I never feel like rewatching them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and then I watched uh part of the reason why I'm so tired is I watched three <laughs> movies in the past like thirty six hours. Um <laughs> and went to conventions. Um, every day. Every day. Uh so I watched Talk to Me. Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. Shout out Nathan. Um <laughs> and uh, it's well made. Okay. It's atmospheric. All right. You could tell that the directors have a lot of potential. Yes. Uh, I just thought it was very... I've seen this before. Okay. Um, I didn't find any of the characters, like, especially compelling. That so Their performances are fine, but it's just... I don't know. It's like... Crikey! Talk I, to the hand, mate! Yeah, it's just so kind of straightforward. It's basically, like, they've got these weird rules where it's like you can... Hold the hand, but only for like a minute 30. But if you go over that, then you become possessed. But then like the possession stuff is never as cool as like drag me to hell or something okay. like that. Or it's never as cool as like other possession movies and things like that. And Which, to be fair, have never been cool. <laughs> you don't like possession movies? No. Okay. So And then like 
they kind of end it where it's just like, oh my god, look at this shocking. And I've heard like people say like, you know, it's so mean spirited. I'm like, brothers and sisters, watch the mist. I'm like, this is nothing. <laughs> I'm like, this is nothing. Well, people say that about Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. don't think it, don't say it. No. Is that the bye-bye man? Yeah, it is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and then I saw, uh, Renfield. Yes. Uh, Nicholas Holt couldn't get me there. <laughs> Nicholas Cage couldn't get me there. <laughs> Jenna Cannell got me, th- got me to watch it. Um, it was better than I expected. Yeah. Uh, cause I had heard that it was like one of the worst movies of the year. I've heard people call it that. I did not feel that way. No. I think Nicolas Cage's amusing take on Dracula is enough to warrant watching the movie. I uh, like Nicholas Holt. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff in it that doesn't yeah. work. I get a lot of the gangster stuff is like not great. I, it yeah, wasn't it's like so bad for me. Yeah, very of, innocent yeah. pleasure. But honestly, yeah. I was on board from the first five minutes when they're recreating scenes from Todd Browning's Dracula with Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage. It's pretty well done how they do yes, it, too. Yes, yeah. it's so good. And I was like, oh, I'm in on this movie. Yeah. And now I'm totally going to rewatch it for JK. There you go. Yeah. I um yeah, I mean, I wasn't crazy about like the action stuff. It felt a little bit like a missed opportunity in the sense that. It was very universal. It was very safe. It was very studio where if you kind of just did more of a two-hander between Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage. Sure. I think that's a much more interesting movie. Um, but if I'm just talking about the movie that I saw for a movie that I watched 30 minutes of last night and then the rest of it at 530 this morning, <laughs> it was fine. I didn't have a lot of time. JK, I know, did stunts on it. Yeah. Is she in it a lot? She's in the support group scenes at the beginning. Okay, Uh, she's like the short hair woman and stuff. Obviously, obviously, because she has short hair. She her head is fully shaved. Everyone, yeah. Um, And then I watched the best John Travolta. uh, I'm so excited about this. It was in theaters, which I was surprised by because you know it doesn't happen very often. But um, of all, you know, we talked about DTV, Travolta Cage movies and stuff like that. This would definitely fall in line with that. It's a Saban Films movie, but it's called Mobland. And man, was I impressed with it in a way that I was not expecting. I think, like, when we did that episode of my favorite, like, Travolta DTVs, I, I Trading Paint was number one. So this is supplanting Trading Paint. Yeah, Trading okay. Paint is its own beast. It's very kind of silly and fun. It's got Shania Twain. It's got Shania Twain. She wants the Punani. <laughs> she wants it only because, uh, or she wants it. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but uh, this one is like more, it's different than like any of his other ones. Um, but I described it to you as, as Den of Thieves is Redbox Heat. This is kind of like Redbox combination of No Country for Old Men, Collateral, and um, uh, Killing Them Softly. I'm in, man. And uh, the cast is like... Wait, Shia- I'll be out in a second. <laughs> it's like Shiloh Fernand- Hernandez or Fernandez? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Uh, uh, from but e- I am not a fan of him i haven't based seen him on... in enough stuff well so you know like... what he's in dead girl and he's like okay. kind of good in dead girl yeah. have you seen dead girl no i know i shouldn't like it as much as i do but okay. it's good yeah um but i really didn't like him in that evil dead remake i really thought yeah he had jane accidentally levy, wandered really... onto a set yeah i didn't really like anybody in that movie except for jane levy yeah um uh and then um kevin 
Dylan is like see this is where shit, I start to the dipshit cousin, but they do the robbery. Okay, and then they don't realize that they're robbing what's basically like a it's like a pharmacy, but it's a front for like illegal drug selling, like fentanyl and oxycotton and stuff like that. Um, and they don't realize that it's mob run. This takes place in Mississippi, but there's like this New Orleans mob and stuff. So they send in a hitman played by Stephen Dorff, <clears throat> and his character's like really interesting from like what you expect it to be because he has this gimmick where it's sort of like Anton Chigurh where He's asking people questions, but it's not like I've flipped a coin, call it for your life. It's okay. like he goes to these small towns and he's just like, I'm going to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. He sounds like a revving engine when he talks. <laughs> um, but he um, he basically is just like, why? He's basically like, justify your existence. Like, why do you why is your life like this and stuff like that? And you think it's for one reason. And then as the movie goes on, you kind of understand why he's doing that okay and it's in a much more it's not as mean-spirited as like what you expect okay um and then yeah travolta's kind of the um like the tommy lee jones type in it um it ends great um it's uh yeah i mean if if you have any type of tolerance for travolta you know late era travolta era we want to uh travolta uh, movies. I think this is the best one. That's amazing. It's really good. Is it currently in your top ten? Yeah, it would definitely be in my top ten. I am so excited, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, but I, I'll probably have to wait till it goes to VOD. Yeah, Saban wasn't looking, and they got an art movie. Right? They got they got a good one. And I was saying to you, like it was written and directed by this guy Nicholas Maggio, who's his first movie. And I, if I'm John Travolta, I would say I would attach myself to this guy because he. This is like, it's not as good as Pig, but it's similar where it's just like, okay. finally, they, yeah, like, he's right. in a really good movie again. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. I really want to see it. And yeah. uh, Nicolas Cage has a VOD movie right now called Sympathy for the Devil that I have not yet watched. I haven't seen that either. I still need to see The Old Way, too. And That's then... on Hulu if you're a Hulu subscriber. I got a funny story about Hulu. There's nothing but funny stories about Hulu. <laughs> I want to subscribe to Hulu, but Hulu won't let me. What? It keeps saying, like, it's just like, Hulu's only available to people in the U.S. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm in the U.S. What is happening? I keep trying because I wanted to watch The Bear. Yeah, right. Molly Gordon, baby. Molly Gordon and then that uh, the woman, Ao, I forgot what yeah, her last yeah. name. She's from Theater Camp, who's yeah. really, and she's really funny in that. She is funny. She's on The Bear. Yeah, she is. She's watch. like a main character. On she's in Bottoms with Rachel I Sennett. just saw the trailer for that. I'm excited about it. I can't, I can't it. wait for Bottoms. I only knew the premise and who was in it, and yeah. I was, like, already buying tickets. Yeah. But now I saw a trailer, and I'm even more excited. Yeah, it looks like good trashy high school it absolutely does (laughs) um i will try to go quick what the fuck have i seen uh i finally saw guardians of the galaxy volume three and because uh it it hit disney plus finally Mm -hmm. it's certainly like the best marvel movie probably since endgame yeah right i would agree with that it's also probably my third favorite Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I could easily see that, too. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a little better than okay. Okay. Are you a fan of two? I like two. Okay. One is still my jam. I think one, I'm weird because I like two the most. Okay. And then I would have to rewatch one. Okay. But, yeah, I saw three a couple of times this summer in theaters, and I... Uh, 
Yeah, it got me. Like the two and three. I'm like, fascinated by that because I keep reading of people talking about how they cried so much, and like I literally was never close to being moved. I ne- it was all like stuff with Rocket and the okay. animals. Okay, it was all that stuff. Like when he thought spoiler kind of yeah. like he thought he was going to heaven and then they're just like it's not your time and yeah. stuff like that like that made me tear up and then but um yeah some of the stuff at the end like i don't know i just i like where it left off the where it left the characters um i like that quill got the john rambo four ending i'm a fan of that oh yeah so i don't know yeah the only thing that bums me out about it is that I can compartmentalize it because I've watched all like most of these Marvel movies leading up to Guardians 3 but like I have members of my family who had not seen the Guardians movies and they're just like I want to see Guardians 3 and I at first I was just like oh, I'll bring them over and we can watch them but then it's just like they need to watch the two Avengers movies right. to understand what happened right. to Gamora but right. if like you watch Endgame or Infinity Wars you're going to be like who are the hell are all these other right. people and it's that's the serialization problem like, yeah, there were references uh, to Mantis being Peter Quill's sister. sister. Yeah, which I guess is from the holiday special. Which I never watched. I and either, I was aware yeah. of that. So like, yeah. it, I breezed right past it. But some of that stuff, Erica barely remembered the Avengers movies where Gamora yeah. dies and comes back as another Gamora. Spoilers for mm-hmm. the Avengers movies. Um, so she was a little bit like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah. uh, And I, you know, I don't want anyone to have to keep that much straight yeah to enjoy a movie yeah i'm i'm definitely curious to see because this one did well but it didn't do as well as like marvel of the past right so i'm really curious <clears throat> to see kind of like how the marvels and like i don't even know what's after that are gonna fare no i have no idea captain america oh yeah that's i think next new summer world order like or something Thunderbolts or something i don't know if there's anything disney's got some marvels. course correcting to do yeah and I'm kind of happy that they're shit in the bed so hard yeah. because Disney sucks. Like, I like some of their movies, but, like, that corporation, fuck them. They needed to, they needed some cold water. Yeah. And this summer has been that for them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm glad. Um, uh, oh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> I rented it. I haven't watched it yet. Why did you rent it? Because it was $6. That's too much. I watched it because it was on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> Hold on. Ask me again why I rented it. Why did you rent that? Because me want to punani. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like I found myself laughing out loud at a certain point. Like the Transformers movies just are not for me. Yeah. When I was a kid, I liked Transformers. And mm. as an adult, they're not for me. For whatever reason, some of the Marvel stuff translated to my adulthood so that when people in capes are running around saying like we need to find the cosmic cube i'm like Mm -hmm. yes you do but for some reason when optimus prime is like sinner john do you have the key and i'm like what the fuck am i watching these are this is not a movie for adults yeah there's no one named sinner john by the way i just made that up but it sounds like a transformer doesn't it? it's like scourge i think it's like scourge has the key we gotta stop scourge from getting the key and i was yeah. i checked the fuck out mm-hmm. is it sinner john the employee of the month at cinnabon <laughs> i believe so yeah. <laughs> great job sinner john <laughs> you made the most cinnamon rolls this month thank you <laughs> Me want the punani. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so that movie was not for me. Yeah. And uh, oh, I watched the new Roxanne Benjamin movie. There's something wrong with the children. Mm-hmm. Speaking of not being for me, that okay. was a. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, but it was like a. a it's an indie horror movie mm. starring. Um, people you would recognize but no one whose name i would know okay. it's the guy oh son of a bitch <laughs> what was the mike flanagan show that everybody loved uh hill house nope it was so good wasn't there like a blind manner one <laughs> there, there was so i don't know i don't have enough i watched it and it was so good and i the title is yeah. not coming to me right now it's the guy from that oh um <laughs> I don't know why. For a second, I'm like Ender's Game. That's not it. It's the one with the church, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. Thank okay. you. The yeah. guy from Midnight Mass. Okay. Amanda Crew is in it. Are you familiar with Amanda Crew uh-huh. from like Final Destination Three and Joyride? Not Joyride. Sex Drive. <laughs> She's like JV Jennifer Love Hewitt, kind of. You'd know her if you saw her from Final Destination Three, the Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's one? the younger sister of oh. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Okay. Sorry, in FD. All I was three. thinking about in that movie was Mary Elizabeth Winstead and roller coasters. So for some reason, that's like one of my less favorite Final Destinations. Oh, a I lot like of people a rank lot. it very high. I like that one a lot. Yeah. I'm I'm all about the James Hong ones. Okay, I don't like the other ones, but I love one and three. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel like two and or five James Wong. are my jams. Isn't it Wong? It's James Wong. Okay. Sorry. James he hasn't Hong directed. Is a... I wasn't an X-Files guy and he hasn't directed a lot of movies. No. So that's why I misremembered. It's quite all right. I know, but I feel bad. Don't. It's uh, Listen, we do a lot of talking on here. We're going to make some mistakes. <sighs> I want to put on. I've <laughs> uh, watched Terrifier and Terrifier 2 <laughs> like four times. Yeah. Does that count? Yeah. All right. I still need to see Terrifier 2 a second time the whole way through, but I keep wanting to wait till October. Why wait is what I say. I just, I don't know. I um, Watch it while it's on the bump. This is true. Yeah. I don't know. I... I get nervous every time I watch it. <laughs> well, you've only watched it once. Yeah, but going into the second one, I was still nervous. <laughs> it's going to be worse now getting to uh, talk to Casey Harden, and she was very nice, and she's mm-hmm. a local, and now it's going to be even worse watching what happens to her. But Yeah. Let's talk about Wolf. Cool. An hour into the show. Uh, do you want to know what the critics said about Wolf? Of course I want to know what the fucking critics said about wolf okay um so they said uh wolf zoom in wolf <laughs> wolf cast such a spell that you don't want it to end i would agree with some of that okay which part <laughs> <laughs> it casts a spell it uh, sure yeah okay i'll take it all right put a pin in that um <laughs> okay two thumbs up I gave it both my thumbs up. Okay. Uh, 100%. This is when Cisco was alive. Cisco went thumbs up on this bad boy? He did, yeah. Mean Gene himself? Well, he likes Nichols. Yeah. Um, I like Nichols too, but then he also makes like, what planet are you from? And I like Nichols a little less. We'll get to what planet are you from. <laughs> um, 100% entertainment. Nicholson <laughs> knocks this one out of the park. <laughs> I wish it was a baseball movie. Yeah. Um, two baseball movies in the summer of 94. Angels in the Outfield and Little Big League. Wow, I never saw either. Yeah, I and I, Little Big League. I always confuse with Rookie of the Year. Yeah, even Little though Big I've League. seen Rookie of the Year, so I can keep it straight. Yeah, Little Big League was what if kid runs a baseball team? 
That's a crazy premise for a movie. It's weird because they play it sort of realistically. Interesting. Where it's like his favorite it turns player. Into <laughs> no, it's like his favorite player sucks, so he has to cut him. Oh no! And stuff like that. There's like yeah, and there's like a lot of stuff where like the team is just like this is bullshit. This is like a publicity stunt, and the kid has to like not go fishing with his friends and like run a baseball team. And is stuff it like, like willed to him by a wealthy grandparent? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Richie Rich, I just watched, and that was like, what if kid, but rich? Yeah, but that kid, that, that, it's. It's a good performance. He's dishing out assists. Like he just wanted friends. He just wanted friends. Yeah, he's rich in heart. Um, okay, uh, a true summer rarity: humor, intelligence, and high style filmmaking. Um, the best picture of the year and the best performance of Jack Nicholson's life. <laughs> Can I read that again? The best picture of the year. And the best performance of Jack Nicholson's life. Let's take the let's take those one at a time. This was 1994, which was legendarily Pulp, this one is like of your the favorite best, year for movies, right? It's amongst the best years ever for yeah. movies. I think it's up there with 1999 in yeah. terms of quality. Okay, but yeah, we're talking Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, Ed Wood, Hoop Dreams, Speed, Lion King, The Crow. I mean, it's just like NBK. NBK, I mean, Little Women. Four W's and an F. Four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking <laughs> when a man loves a woman, but that's just because I'm that 94? tired and I can't spell. Yeah. Written by Al Franken? I have that movie and I have not watched it. I've never seen it, but Erica was always trying to get me to watch it. It's about addiction. I need to see it. That's um, why I haven't watched it. And the best performance of Jack Nicholson's life. Um, to this, Maybe I wrote this because at that point I had not seen The Last Detail or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or Five Easy Pieces or any of his movies from the 70s. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, four stars. Wolf has style and bite. It's the classic film in six. Oh my god! Hold on, I almost misread it, and I need to take a minute to get this right. Four stars. Wolf has style and bite! Exclamation mark. It's the classiest film in six full moons. It's not even the classiest full moon movie. <laughs> and then finally, Wolf is one howl of a movie. Oh, for fuck's sake. Jack Nicholson is a pleasure as he sinks his teeth into this spellbinding film. Critics need to be stopped. I think they need to be started. And they pretty much have been stopped, let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> These critics don't agree. I'm an well. influencer. <laughs> <laughs> Today I'm recommending Nettie Knox. I'm going to talk to um, Maria Menounos about how... Blue Beetle is important to me. <laughs> um, here's what's fascinating. All these critics are in the bag for Wolf because they're like, it's Nichols. It's Nicholson. This yeah. is a classy picture. Yeah. According to all those reviews you just read. Yeah. I think the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously we need to contextualize this as being part of the, we're going to redo all the Universal Monsters. Unofficially. Unofficially and in a very grown-up way. So we get Francis Ford Coppola doing Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm -hmm. We get Kenneth Branagh doing Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. We get Stephen Frears doing Mary Riley. You got uh, Neil Jordan doing Interview with the Vampire. Neil Jordan doing Interview with the Vampire. Which is not classic Universal Monster, but the same. Vampire movie for adults. Yeah. And we get Mike Nichols, the fucking Academy Award winning director mm-hmm. of The Graduate and Carnal Knowledge and Working Girl and lots of great movies, um, doing Wolf. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be 
a wolf apologist on this podcast. Okay. When I started watching Wolf, I was like, this is my favorite of all the grown up Whoa. monster movies. Okay. But have by you the seen end, Mary Riley? <laughs> I have seen Mary Riley. I haven't Riley. seen Mary Riley, so I can't. Bottom of the pack. One. Okay. Um, I was like, this one's my favorite. Okay. By the time we got to the end, I no longer felt that way. So I had a real yeah. journey with Wolf. Yeah. But I think some of what works about Wolf is that Nichols isn't trying to make it super classy and adult. Mm -hmm. To me, he leans into some of the trashiness and silliness of it, and that's the stuff that works. So I'm just saying that to refute what all those critics said, which is like, Nichols has done it again. It's the classiest adult werewolf movie ever made. So um, I got to ask you a follow-up yeah. to that because um, <laughs> I thought that the common sentiment of this movie from most critics at least was that the publishing house stuff works yeah, and the werewolf stuff does not work. And I think that they thought that, <clears throat> they, that he hit it so hard with the publishing house stuff that that almost kind of like brought it over the finish line, but it wasn't like a like a super qualified recommendation. Okay. So I always thought that that was kind of what the vibe of it was in terms of people's reception of it. Okay. I mean, to me, the werewolf stuff is essentially just a metaphor for all the publishing house stuff made literal. Yeah. Yeah. I. This is interesting because like I was reading up on this movie a little bit and okay. it was like jack nicholson's passion project for a long time i did not know that um and then he select he had a choice of directors i don't know who the other ones were but he handpicked mike nichols uh, which it. i could understand he had worked with him a few times yeah on what, heartburn uh then... the aforementioned carnal knowledge carnal knowledge the fortune okay that was a nicholson yeah yeah i don't that know that movie rules by the way i haven't seen it Warren Beatty and Stockard Channing. That sounds pretty good. It is good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I this was maybe my third or fourth time seeing Wolf, and the last time I saw it was one of the scary movie months since the pandemic. I can't okay. remember. I think it was maybe like 2020 or 2021, and I really liked it when I watched it that time. I do want to count that I'm very tired <laughs> and I watch this kind of just in like a run of like, I got to finish this movie. Yes. Um, but this time I did not really like it that okay. much. Okay. Um, and I think the, my biggest issues are while I find the publishing house stuff very entertaining, I don't think that it's as incisive as <laughs> no, <laughs> people maybe give it credit for like yeah. at least the reviews at the time i think it's very like the thing i couldn't wrap my head around was like this is a company with the loosest employment i've ever seen in my life where like a major position like editor-in-chief could be fluid on a day-to-day -day basis um, it was the 90s. That's just how things were. I guess. Um, you don't know how Christopher Plummer runs shit. It's like, wait a minute. You think you're editor-in-chief? You went to lunch today. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I can't do that. It's like, brother, you're out. Everything's changed. It's like, you work in Eastern Europe now <laughs> because you went to the vending machine. <laughs> I didn't. I don't necessarily think it's like... I don't think the fact that it's the publishing world matters. I think it's like just a workplace satire in general. Yeah. I 
and it's amusing. I mean, that's my favorite stuff in the movie. I, um, I think that the movie's got two major issues, um, other than the ending, which is kind of just atonal with the rest of the movie and it feels like they are just like well it's we gotta have a werewolf fight because the test screenings were bad and stuff like that yeah um my two major issues with the movie are somebody says in a line of dialogue like 30 minutes or so in basically that jack nicholson's character is like a decent man and like a really nice man and stuff like that and he doesn't have like kind of the cutthroat edge and that's sort of like part of the enjoyment is that him transforming into a wolf is like unleashes his wild side in business and in life right um he loves to sleep he wants the punani (laughs) he does um my problem with that is they don't do it the movie opens with him getting bit by the wolf right so we don't see him as in that shitty stroby slow motion by the way that i always hate and always takes me out of a movie and it's the worst part is when they do it when michelle pfeiffer pushes him onto a bed (laughs) Yes. I was just like, what am I looking at? This is like the least sexy thing I've ever seen. Um, no, but I think the movie would have benefited from them establishing his character better at the beginning. Agreed. Um, and I think that's missing. So yeah. his transformation doesn't really mean anything. It means more in the sense of our relationship to Jack Nicholson as an actor than to this character. Like he always feels like Jack Nicholson. He doesn't feel like Will Randall to me. Yeah, I guess I could see that. It almost becomes a Jack Nicholson origin story, like Jack Mm. Nicholson in real life got bit by a wolf, and that's how he became (laughs) awesome. Yeah. Because, yeah, there needs to be a little bit more of, like, sleepy, gentle, nice Mm -hmm. Jack Nicholson early on so that we can really appreciate him, like, becoming more of a, more of just Jack Nicholson. Or feeling it more once the rug is pulled out from under him and stuff. It's like he was this decent man artistic motivated you know an original stuff like that champion for the authors that yeah. he covers and stuff like that and it just is sort of like it, it's given lip service but i don't really feel like it, the loss of anything like when it his world gets turned upside down at the right beginning. it's a little bit of that thing where we have to have other characters talk about what a nice guy he is yeah. as a shortcut to like showing us i also just think it's so interesting because like not that he's like a low status character because he's an editor-in-chief of like a major new york publishing house but like i don't really always see nicholson's performance as like nice guy so like i want to see that more. okay sure so I, I i would be interested in that yeah the other thing is while they're very talented actors in their own right, excuse me, um, I just don't think that Pfeiffer and Nicholson have the chemistry that they need to have in this. Well, as I said, I'm going to be a wolf apologist, but I also am very aware of the movie's problems. Mm. Um, Jack Nicholson is definitely one of my favorite actors, and I enjoy, and I like werewolf movies, and I mm. like Mike Nichols. So there's a lot of stuff in this movie that's just speaking my language, and... <laughs> That I'm going to enjoy just because it's elements that I like. Yeah. But I will agree that, A, not only do they really have a ton of chemistry, her character is almost completely superfluous. Yeah. Um, She doesn't totally need to be in this movie and is kind of in the movie so they can write Kate Nelligan out. Yeah. And I don't really believe, you know, I I don't mean to be like the guy picking on Wolf, but... um, (laughs) But here you go. I guess go. that's my assignment for this episode. <laughs> um, 
I don't believe Pfeiffer's character. Like, I don't think... Because it's, she's not anything. Because, well, she's just daughter of Christopher Plummer. Yeah, but she's supposed to be kind of like... She's basically supposed to be like Dick Grayson in Batman Forever, but like... <laughs> That's why they have her doing laundry like that way. thirties. <laughs> yeah, I wish. But she's like in her mid-30s. Yeah, that's weird. And it doesn't... I don't buy it. Like, I just... And... Yeah, it just, it just doesn't feel like that's the right casting if that's what this character is. I, I, the character needs to be written a little bit better because right yeah. now it kind of is boiled down to one line that Christopher Plummer has, which mm-hmm. is like, she's going to date you because you're completely inappropriate and it'll piss me off. Yeah. And like, that's her singular motivation. Mm. And we don't really see the point at which it changes from hey this will make my dad mad to like oh maybe i do care about you she just becomes the woman in danger that werewolf jack nicholson has to save yeah all right i got uh, not to skip to the end that's fine um this movie sort of is uh different in that it foregoes the usual tragic werewolf arc yeah Becoming a werewolf is pretty awesome. Yeah, and like in most of these movies, it's the werewolf, no matter how decent the man is that was pre-wolf, gets killed. Right. Because like you can't have a werewolf. Right. And it's like a tragic romance type of thing. And one th- This movie says you can't have two werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, in this but you movie, can have one. But in this movie, it's like it ends with he's run off into the woods. Yeah. He's howling into the into the at the moon or yeah. in the sky, and then like she's gonna be a werewolf too. A she wolf, a she wolf. She's transforming, yeah, and then eventually she'll run off and become like a wolf in the woods with him and stuff too. <clears throat> I don't necessarily think like it's a horrible ending. I just think it's kind of weird. Like it, and maybe this is sort of part of like a larger thesis I have about this movie is um, I can't decide if Nichols is uninterested in making a horror movie i would tend to agree with you or if he just is bad at making a horror movie (laughs) i think it's more that he's kind of uninterested in the in the horror stuff yeah um but i guess my my argument why i think wolf is worse to me than interview with the vampire mary shelley's frankenstein and especially bram stoker's dracula which i think is just amazing is that those guys, even though they were prestige directors, leaned into the horror. Yes. They came to play. Yes. Where I think Nichols is embarrassed by the movie that he's making. <clears throat> do you think it has anything to do with, like, that those guys went period and Nicholson went contemporary? He's the only one. I mean, I know he did that to a point because he wanted to make, like... I don't know if he's made, like, a lot of, like, period movies, but, like... He definitely is one of those types where, like, you know, working girl or whatever, he wants to comment on right. the time period right. and the dynamics between men and women and right. the business world and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I just think that um, I feel cheated, I guess. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Like, because I'm always – like, I like werewolf movies a lot and I like Mike Nichols movies and I would – Totally be on board with watching like a workplace drama, but I don't want the two of them together. I okay. want to see like a, the Mike Nichols publishing house movie on its own. Yeah. And starring Jack Nicholson and James Spader and Michelle Pfeiffer. I want to see that movie. And I want the werewolf movie to be made like Bad Moon. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so I was going to yeah. bring up like yeah. 
even though it's flawed, yeah. Wolf is like the second best werewolf movie of the 90s. Okay. After Bad Moon. What else is in the running? Hardly anything. That's why yeah. it <laughs> takes second place. Yeah. Uh, even Cursed is like in the 2000s, right? Yeah. And yeah. Cursed sucks. Um, yeah, to me, it, it hasn't really bothered me ever. And it's just personal preference that this movie is not super interested in being a werewolf movie. Mm. Because, again, I've always read the werewolf stuff yeah. as just a literalization of the central metaphor of the movie, mm-hmm. which is about climbing the ladder in the workplace and overcoming your enemies who are out to uh, cheat you or take your position or you know becoming yeah. the alpha in the workplace. And- yeah, it's just like kind of the rejection of the status quo. Yeah. Like just kind of – yeah, just being a wild animal. So the fact that it ends with Rick Baker makeup, which is wild, uh, yeah. Nicholson werewolf fighting Spader werewolf, to me is just like, oh, these two guys are duking it out over a job. Uh, and yeah. really it's over Michelle Pfeiffer and they're both werewolves and that's the point at which it's supposed to become a horror movie. But to me, mm-hmm. it's always been more just like them fighting over the job. Yeah, I or it's just like, yes, yeah, Spader wants the accolades or the just kind well, of. Spader wants just Nicholson's life, basically. Yeah, yeah that's a He has sex with his wife. It, yeah. He wants his job. Yeah. Like, this young son of a bitch is going to come along and try to replace you, basically. And Nichols is saying, like, you have to fight so as not to be replaced. Right. Yeah. And all that stuff, like, on paper <laughs> sure. is really interesting. <laughs> When I'm watching Wolf, I just uh, I just can't engage with it like <laughs> sure. in that way. Um, yeah. I love James Spader in this movie. <laughs> He's very Spader, pretty on the nose. Yeah, I right. love his. I love the way he plays the the corporate manipulator, which is just to just do the most underhanded shit and then when he gets called on it, he's just like, "If you want me to quit, I'll quit." And it's just like, "I want you to quit." Yeah. Well, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> I uh, I love that. I just think it's so clever, just kind of the way that he does that. Um, I think he's really fun when he turns into the werewolf, especially when he's like in the police station and he's got those like contact lenses yeah. to show his eyes are are changing into like wolf eyes and stuff like that. And I think it's really fun. I think the the end fight bothers me for a number of reasons. A, it's because. You can kind of tell it's like actors who like Rick Baker's like, okay, this application will take three hours. And then they're like, you have three minutes. Like it's sort of like just. We have to be able to still tell it's Jack Nicholson. We are spending all this money on Jack Nicholson. Rick, just the mutton chops. 100%. That's what happens. Um, and then uh, Spader's just like, I don't want much more than the mutton chops. <laughs> well, once you settle on yeah. the Nicholson makeup, you kind of have to yeah. do that. You've established what a werewolf looks like in this movie. <laughs> you have to do the same thing to Spader. I heard like the inspiration. They're like, oh, they're trying to do Werewolf of London. And no, like they're that. not. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. That's two guys who don't want to be in the makeup chair. <laughs> yes. Um, that and then, I mean, there's a lot of slow mo, especially when they're like jumping or like leaping. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And no. then my big thing is that it gets real rapey, and I hate that. Sure, and it's unnecessary. Yes. Um. So I don't know. It's like the whole ending just, and also I think like in a weird way, 
you know, Nick, at a certain point, Nicholson is kind of locked in a stable. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of like grabbing the bars, being like, <laughs> like making faces and stuff. Yeah. And even though he's appearing on screen, it doesn't feel like he's making any impact in the movie for a long stretch of time in okay. the second half That's because it sort of yeah. turns into like Spader and Michelle Pfeiffer and right. more. Right. And which is fine or under normal circumstances because I like both of those actors a lot, especially Michelle Pfeiffer, but I just don't like her in this match of char- with the character. So all that stuff just is kind of – and then they introduce like this kind of like – dunce cop played by richard jenkins and it's like i don't know it's just this sort of like kind of a i think it's a this goulash that i'm not really like <laughs> a big fan of i like richard jenkins showing up in anything so yeah. i can't complain that richard jenkins shows up i 100 percent just agree that yeah. like the movie never knows what to do yeah with or about the michelle pfeiffer character right and it's 2023 yeah, and we're just kind of past this whole she exists to be in distress. Mm-hmm. She exists so be, that there could be like a weird be rapey, right? Yeah. So there could be some weird rapey subtext and like Nicholson has to come save her as a werewolf. Like it's just we're kind of past all that. And I know this movie's from 1994 and so I can't be yeah. judging it on 2023 standards. But we are a 2023 audience. And so when it kicks into that stuff, yes, the mm. the instinct is to be like – Oh, I'm kind of over this. And you know? I would hold any movie like that to account, even <clears throat> movies I like, like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, unnecessarily right. rapey in right. the climax right, right. and right. stuff like that. Well, it's, that Jesus, they put the camera like yeah, it's real. And like it's like comedic how like he's they, their legs. Yeah, we're split supposed to be laughing stuff. that he's very gross. Um, but that's Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio from Three Wishes. Yeah, yeah. I tried to find a second copy <laughs> at Flashback, and there wasn't one jokes on you my friend um <laughs> spader made this and stargate in the same year if you want to talk about and range. he did dream lover like right before this dream lover is mad Chinamic? yeah oh i like dream that lover movie. is until, amazing until it gets real misogynistic and mean-spirited it does but yeah you're <laughs> but the- for two-thirds of it it's like how this is an undiscovered masterpiece i'll say the, all right it gets real misogynistic yeah. yes but in the playground of 90s thrillers and like kind of knowing what you know from seeing the first few you know a couple of acts of that movie yeah i don't mind it just because it's like you know go to a boxing match and tell the guys to stop punching each other <laughs> so i mean it's kind of it great. is in the in the realm of 90s thrillers and it also ends with it's the very keeper ending where like you could pan down to his crypt and he just goes poor so and so yeah yeah it's good stuff um <laughs> uh all right so here's another problem yep. with michelle pfeiffer's performance all in this right movie. Well, we don't have to keep banging on wolf but go ahead in terms of sex appeal, she is blown off screen by Kate Nelligan. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> as soon as I saw her name in the opening credits, I was reminded, like, oh, yeah, Adam's got a Kate Nelligan thing. Yeah, I got a huge Kate Nelligan thing. I don't know what it is. How did you react when she opens the door when he catches her, you know? It's pretty good. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then, then Spader's there fucking her, and I just wanted Nicholson to be like, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Wolf, it's Cuck. He's just... (laughs) A man slowly turns into a Cuck after being bitten by another Cuck. Ten out of ten. I wish I was Cuck. And then Spader is just like... Nicholson's made the classiest Cuck movie in years. He's like, Will, let me explain. Me want to put (laughs) on... 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it's like ever since I saw Frankie and Johnny and then went back to watch Wolf, I was Better like, Michelle Pfeiffer like, performance. Nelligan. Oh, yeah, another Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer Nelligan. Pacino, by the way, I just rewatched Carlito's Way. So good. Gets better every time I watch it. It's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that <laughs> ending monologue that he gives. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I wouldn't replace it for anything because he's just like, I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> I thought we could have done it, but I guess I'm going down for the count. <laughs> like anytime I see, anytime I think of Carlitos, Holy shit, you were just possessed. I mean, <laughs> anytime I see uh, Carlitos, immediately I'm just like, so I'm just like, <laughs> I just immediately go like, I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> I just heard Carlito Brigante yeah. in my ears. It was amazing. Hey, remember me? I'm Benny Buck <laughs> from the Bronx. Pew, pew. I'm sorry, baby. Should the movie open with that, though? You like... are <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, I do. I, nothing against Penelope Ann Miller, but I sometimes wish it was another actor. <laughs> Penelope. <laughs> Penelope. You remember that from Club Dread? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Club Dread, underrated. <laughs> uh, you know who did all the effects for that? Club Dread. Tom Devlin, oh, whose panel I quote-unquote hosted yesterday, which is right. to say I introduced him and then sat down for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's a good gig. While he showed a video of putting on uh, Kane Hodder's makeup. You know what movie I saw right before I saw The Passion of the Christ on opening night? Club Dread, baby. Club Dread. Yeah. <laughs> that was a double. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Club Dread opening day and still have not seen Passion of the Christ. Yeah, you're not. I don't think now's the time. No, <laughs> no, no. I think the ship has sailed on that one. Although watching Jimmy Caviezel get the shit beat out of him might be kind of fun. <laughs> it's true. Maybe not in that context. Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch Deja Vu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> watch him. The weirdest part of Passion shot. of the Christ is like <clears throat> there's the whole thing, and then like in the last like thirty seconds, Carlito Brigante shows up <laughs> and he <laughs> goes, <laughs> and he just goes, "I'm sorry, Jesus." <laughs> Looks like we're both going down for the count. <laughs> but that movie's so good, and I was like just admiring that whole train station sequence. Oh my god! How fucking amazing that whole thing is, so and it's like dialogue free. Mm-hmm. What's uh, Sean Penn's character's name in that? Oh shit, Kleinfeld, Dave Kleinfeld. Uh, he's just like, he's just like Kleinfeld. <laughs> I need you to cool it with Stephanie. <laughs> And then she's climbing out, just like, I could do it with any girl that I want. He's just like, chill out, baby. <laughs> he makes some choices in that movie. Oh, my God. Oh. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that movie. Was he really? Yeah, Sean Penn. Yeah. I feel like his wig is doing like 50% of the work. <laughs> he, he looks like Disco Stew from The Simpsons. Yeah, he does. Yeah. It's just like, wow, Sean Penn, what a transformation. But like, is he giving that different of a performance? Not really. Yeah. He's just not shouting everything. It's so good. Yeah. No, yeah it's, it, it's really great. Speaking of this, Frankie and Johnny. <laughs> Frankie and Johnny's awesome, too. That's like really underrated Gary Marshall. Well, it's Gary Marshall for adults, and he's always better when he's making movies like not for everyone. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Tell that to the Princess Diaries <laughs> 1 and 2. Only saw Princess Diaries 1 once. So it's Good. And I've never seen 2. I hear it's a royal engagement. Well, I mean, it's not as good as 1, but like Chris Pine right out of the gate, yeah. plus Anne Hathaway as like okay. the will they or won't they romantic pairing. It's pretty magical. 
Do they spoilers for Princess Diaries two? Yeah. Do they end up together? They do. Okay, that's yeah. kind of what I figured. But mm-hmm. wasn't there like a different romantic interest in the first one? Yeah, it was uh, Robert Schwartzman. That's what I thought. Is yeah. he not in part two? No. Okay. No. He's was Heather Matarazzo's brother in the first one, and then he's just like I think they said something where it's just like. It's just like, oh, we dated, but like I had to run Genovia and he oh. wanted to be a musician. I want him Stuff to be like in that. part two, but be yeah. into her getting with Pine because yeah. I want it to be Princess Diaries 2 or Royal Cut Gagement. <laughs> what? You love cucks. I do. Uh, that's, that's my uh, my Tinder name is Must Love Cucks. <laughs> John Cusack. Diane Lane. Do you remember that Wolf came out the night of the uh, O.J. Simpson freeway chase? No. Yeah. I didn't see it till the next night with my mom. Okay. She and I went to the Rolling Meadows Theater together to see the new Mike Nichols this movie. This is such a Rolling Meadows movie. It totally is yeah. a Rolling Meadows movie. Yeah. Every time I drive by there, it's like a banquet hall now. And yeah. I just want to walk in and I'm like... Do you still have nine theaters at least? <laughs> I never really liked it as a theater. So like when it closed, I was yeah. like, eh. I liked it only because they had um, that that uh, bumper where they would go, Thank you for coming to Los. Sit back and relax. Enjoy the show. A and song if, that Erica and I still sing to each other, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you should do that. I mean, it's <laughs> magical. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> they didn't have dots. So I got you raisinets. <laughs> Kleinfeld, give Stephanie some of them goobers. I got the goobers for myself. <laughs> for Carlino. <laughs> Kleinfeld, we're even. <laughs> and then Luis Guzman's just like, you want me to go sing? No, I can't do it. No, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. That's a cue. <laughs> Um, all right. I, the there, genius of that's a cue, by the way, is yeah. that the first time I saw it, I didn't notice it was a cue until Luis Guzman pointed out that's a cue. Yeah. It's good stuff. Oh, man, that movie. I love John Ortiz in that movie, too. In in Carlito's way? Yeah. 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 The whole sequence in the pool hall. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's one of those movies where it's like, remember a time when we, you know, obviously, like, Brian De Palma kind of made lesser movies later in his career. But, like, at that time, even as, like, an 11-year-old, I was like, we're taking him for granted. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, he's the guy who does the slick trash. And it's just right. like, are you fucking watching this? <laughs> this is amazing. But then his next movie is Mission Impossible, right? I think so. Which I still just, despite being Brian De Palma in yeah. a franchise I love, like, mm-hmm. one of my favorite franchises, I still can't fully love that movie i like it okay i haven't rewatched it in a I, long time. I, I just rewatched it before dead reckoning and i was like yeah eh, it's i'm still not there i'm sorry patrick <laughs> um let's see <laughs> um <laughs> okay uh yeah I, one there's my favorite part of the entire movie of wolf okay is in the first two minutes <laughs> Awesome. It's after he gets when bit. When it says wolf. <laughs> it's after he gets bit. Yeah. The wolf in slow-mo runs off into uh, the woods. Right. And then we see all the wolves with their glowing eyes, and it's a wolf pack. Yeah. I think that's a really cool shot. Okay. And it's like, who goes direct to this day? <laughs> because this is not Mike Nichols. <laughs> um, mm. it, was, uh, it was interesting because this is off topic again, but yeah. uh, 
in the green room at Flashback, we were talking about Halloween 2. Mm-hmm. And one of my co-hosts uh, was talking about how much he doesn't like Halloween 2, except for two sequences. And he really likes these two sequences. And then he later found out that John Carpenter directed just those two sequences. Okay. I don't remember what they were, but mm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Speaking of ghost directing. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that about Halloween 2. Yeah. I like that movie. So I don't know how this would work, but I read in the trivia for this movie that there was a common fan theory that Michelle Pfeiffer's character was actually a wolf that was actually the wolf that bit Jack Nicholson at the beginning. Why would that be a thing? I But that doesn't make any sense because like... My understanding is that he turns fully into a wolf at the end. It's not that he yes, can switch back right. and forth. I agree so with that. So why would she be able to? Right. So that doesn't make any sense. I also think, not to keep shitting on this movie, but like, <laughs> I also think at the end, <clears throat> there's a lot of like, she's a wolf, get it? Get it? It's like we In see that the last eyes. Scene about, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. we see the eyes... We get the call back about how she can smell alcohol on people's breath, or oh, yeah. she can hear them from far away. Right. And then we get the whole like the weird you know dissolve. the weird dissolve, yeah. Yeah. and like with the one weird Rick Baker like kind of puppet effect <laughs> of like a wolf lifting its head up. It's just so shitty that I it's wish just, it was in more of the movie. It's just an outtake from the Neverending Story. It's yeah, the it's what's that weird. monster called in the Neverending Story? I don't know. You know that movie movie better than I do. There's that weird wolf thing that's like the minion of the nothing. Okay. That Atreyu has to stab. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, it's not great. Um <laughs> let's see. It reminds me of like when you go to Disney World and they like are like we have a puppet show of the Lion King and we're gonna do the whole movie in thirty minutes. Right, that's what it looks like. We haven't seen that yet. That Lion King show, isn't it like a? Didn't they change the Lion King show? Probably. Okay, because I remember like back in the day it was like puppets. Oh, okay, but I think now it's like more like Lion King the musical. Yes, so, yes, okay. I believe you're right. Yeah. Um, as the movie becomes more and more just about wolf on wolf, mm-hmm. I found myself liking it less on this most recent rewatch okay that's why like that first half when it's all the workplace stuff even with the werewolf stuff layered in on top of that but it's just stuff like he can smell the alcohol he can hear things he pees on james spader's shoes you know Mm -hmm. and then they don't even trust that moment so spader has to go what are you doing yeah i'm marking my territory (laughs) you know like we got it but okay Mm -hmm. um the more it gets into just being a straightforward sort of werewolf movie, the less I was in love with it. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's not my favorite of the adult remake Universal Monster movies. They would be Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, I haven't seen Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in a long time. I know you're a fan. Yeah, I only saw it once, but okay. the one time I watched it, I had very low expectations, yeah. and I was like, it's automatically three out of four just from this for this the way that it looks okay like it looks incredible okay so i um, definitely need to rewatch it yeah i want to rewatch it too um so i do i i changed my mind there's one other scene in this movie that i like more than the wolves in the beginning and it's just as weird (laughs) is um i really like the scene where they eat the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches okay but it's just because I like the sound of crunching peanut butter. Interesting. Like it's like not like a Nelligan like ASMR thing. Or yeah, what? it's okay. like it's just a sound that I really like. Okay. So to hear like two actors in close succession making the crunchy sound, right? Like, I just want to like put my ear up to the speaker 
It's so nice. This means know. you're a supporter of crunchy peanut butter. Oh, yeah. I'm way into crunchy oh, peanut no, butter and really creamy. Oh, yeah. I can't even say that word. Yeah. <laughs> what, creamy? That's my least favorite word. Is creamy your least favorite word? <laughs> it is. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather- It only took us 700 episodes to get to my least favorite word. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you think- the movie's better <laughs> yeah. if 1994 El Pacino is Will Randall. <laughs> Can you imagine him turning into a werewolf? <laughs> One of the reasons why I thought of this other than us talking about Carlito's way more than Wolf I'm on this sorry, episode Stuart. is um, I read a story where Diane Keaton was talking about going out on a – they dated for a long time. So, like, she went out to dinner with Al Pacino. Yeah. And she said that Al eats like a wild animal. And I was just like, I need to see this. <laughs> Every story about Al Pacino is yeah. kind of great. It's He's just seems like the best person. Such a weirdo. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about David Hyde Pierce at all. No. Playing boy. his exact same character from Sleepless in Seattle. He does this in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know that's kind of... Yeah, what he's known for, but uh, he's kind of the same character in Down with Love. Also, he's like kind of nebbish assistant. Down with Love isn't he Tony Randall basically? No, he's um like the right hand man of Ewan McGregor. So he's Tony Randall. If if Ewan McGregor is Rock oh. Hudson, oh right? I see okay, what you're, yeah, I see yeah, what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and Schwimmer as cop. Schwimmer does play a cop. Allison Janney as party guest too. She does. And somehow she's still Peacocks in that scene. She goes on just... to win an Oscar <sighs> from party guest two and Wolf. Lady J.K. Simmons herself. Oscar Gold. Yeah. Um, she's great in some stuff. She is. I like her on the West Wing. I like her. In... I never saw the West Wing, but she's really great in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah. As Ellen Barkin's like best friend who's like tough. Yeah. All right. So is this movie better for the oh, horror, yeah. horror crowd? No. I'll get to I'll get to better okay. words, but is this movie better for the horror crowd or for Nichols Nicholson fans? Nichols Nicholson fans, 100%. Were you like I was still maybe too young to really be thinking of this, but like did it really kind of satisfy either audience at the time? It made a bunch of money. Yeah. It uh I just had the it made 131 million dollars. Okay. It cost 70. Okay. Which is insane. Yeah. I remember Ebert said that Ebert said two interesting things in his review. One, I think I think it was Ebert who said like he doesn't know where the money went other than it's just like going to the above the line talent. Nicholson got a lot. Yeah. Nichols works slow, I believe. Okay. <clears throat> Um, and then the other thing he said, and I thought this was like maybe his best observation about the movie and really almost kind of ruined the movie for me oh. once I heard it, is he compared the relationship of Nicholson and Pfeiffer to Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis in The Fly. And I'm just like, yeah, that's what the movie's missing. Yes. They need, it's yeah. where you need the tragedy, you need like kind of the... I don't know. I they, don't need the tragedy, or just even but like I need the, a better relationship. Yeah, some foundation yes. to it. Because the thing that's so nice about The Fly is like, or makes it so tragic, is like, they're awfully cute together at the beginning. Exactly. They're very, right. like, kind of innocent, playful, right. and stuff like that. And you can tell that they're like, 
really excited about this like unexpected attraction and stuff and that almost like exacerbates it or not that makes it worse but like it makes it better and stuff like that so like um yeah i just wish there was this movie's too like men's warehouse to get into emotions (laughs) i don't know well the michelle pfeiffer character needs to be somebody who like if you're going to go with the sort of happy ending where she too becomes a wolf and they go live together in the forest, then it needs to be this movie about a woman who sees and accepts this new sort of freak version of who he has become. Mm -hmm. And it's not that because it's so busy kind of making him awesome all the time that anybody would accept him. Anybody's like this new improved. Will Randall is great. I like him so much better than the old guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would like to see a sequel to this movie where they're just the two wolves in the woods and it's kind of like, look who's talking. and then But they're just eating a jar of crunchy <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, that they find in the woods. And then like like one wolf has like Michelle Pfeiffer's voice and she's just like, <laughs> she's like, I ate too much peanut butter. I got to go crap in the woods. And then like Jack Nicholson's just like, well, it's the place to do it. <laughs> we live in the woods now. And then they play that song by that little French kid. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> What's his name? Georgie. Georgie. Yeah. <laughs> Joy Noel. <laughs> Joy Noel. Joy Noel. You'll have to wait for the holiday episode to hear that one, everyone. Yeah. Have we decided what the topic will be for this year's holiday episode? No. Okay. But it's only August. <laughs> it's too... It's, <laughs> fuck, I'm sweating bullets now. Um... <laughs> Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I would, I wrote, I would rather watch a Spader werewolf protagonist movie. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause I think like that would have some real juice to it. If we had James Spader, American werewolf in London type of thing. Interesting. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. I do like Nicholson in this movie a lot, even though he's coasting a little bit. I just, it's weird. I just want it to be. I mean, obviously, he was in a much different place. It had been, like, 25 years plus since this happened. But, like, I really just kind of want more Roger Corman-y stuff in okay. this. Like, I don't know. Like, sure. if he's going to go back to horror, I just kind of want it to be. I mean, like, I guess in you could pro- kind of say, like, The Witches of Eastwick was horror adjacent. It gets pretty weird. I think that's more. I don't really like that movie that much. But for yeah. me, that's a little bit more successful in terms of... Uh, Okay, kind I can of see what that. I want out of that. Um, I can see that. Do you like what do you like better, this or the Joe Johnston Wolfman? I only saw that once. Okay, I think this is better than Joe Johnston. I'm Wolfman. just not a fan of that movie. Yeah, it's too much CGI in it, and it's it ends kind of the same way yeah. with two werewolves bouncing around and fighting each other. So yeah. that's what made me think of it when we were talking about him versus Spader at the end of this movie. But like. And that one certainly plays it more as a tragedy, and it's mm. more in keeping with the traditional Wolfman story. It goes period. It's like a full-blooded horror movie as opposed to this, which is like a weird corporate satire. Mm. Uh, but I like this movie better. Yeah, I uh, – all right. So you know how there's the scene where Spader is like full-on evil now, and he's like driving a yeah, car. but he's like in the movie. But he's <laughs> driving a car to like – Christopher Plummer and Michelle Pfeiffer's estate yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Um, like if I were transforming into a, and this is just stupid like <laughs> podcast talk, but like if I were transforming into a werewolf, I would be so scared that like mid drive, I would be like full wolf. Sure. It's like, that would probably be really like challenging. Pause at 10 and yeah, 2. Exactly. That would probably <laughs> be really challenging. It's just like, 
It's like, oh man, he's asking for my registration. <laughs> um, and he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you know how fast you were going? <laughs> Ow. <laughs> That's right. Ow, over the speed limit. Um, okay. Do you have anything more? Because I have some no, better go or ahead. worse. Go okay. ahead. All right. Uh, better or worse than these Mike Nichols movies? Oh, boy. Okay. Probably worse. Uh, <laughs> and I like this movie. All right. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Only seen it once. Mm-hmm. Has Woolf in the title. <laughs> yeah. There's your double feature. <laughs> but that movie's probably better. Uh, the Graduate. Uh, the Graduate is better. Catch-22. Catch-22 is better. Who's in Catch-22? Everybody. Okay. Alan Arkin, I think, is like the big star, if memory serves. Got but it. uh, it's a really cool, really <coughs> underrated movie. And if you ever see it at like Half Price Books, mm-hmm. buy it because there's an amazing commentary on there with Nichols and Steven Soderbergh. Oh, okay. And Soderbergh's just like interviewing him about the movie. It's super underappreciated. Okay. Because uh, it came out around the same time as MASH and everybody was like, MASH is the superior movie. But yeah. Catch-22 is really good. Okay. Uh, carnal knowledge. Carnal knowledge is better. Three wishes. <laughs> I need to see it. Uh, the day of the dolphin. Never seen the day of the dolphin. Tall tale, the legend of Pico's Bill. <laughs> Tall tale is better. Uh, <laughs> the fortune. Uh, I mean, I'm going to call it a tie. Uh, Guild alive. Never saw Guild alive. Heartburn. Never saw heartburn. Silkwood. Silkwood is probably better. <laughs> uh, Biloxi blues. Never saw Biloxi blues. Rob would kill me. I think I like that better than Wolf. Yeah. Um, Working Girl. Working Girl is better. Postcards from the Edge. Uh, I'd rather watch Wolf, but mm-hmm. Postcards from the Edge is good. Uh, regarding Henry. That's a fucking Mike Nichols movie. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I never saw it. I like when I like movies where people get shot in the head and it makes them nice. <laughs> it makes them I think better. there's like two of those movies. What's the other one? I'm trying to think of it. It's I think it's it's more Let's recent. Let's make a letterbox list. Yeah, it's more recent than regarding Henry. It was something like yeah, where yeah, you just had to yeah. Anyways, um, all right, uh, the Birdcage. Uh, Birdcage is actually really good. I only saw it in '96, but as did I. Yeah. But I, and I sort of like went to see it because there was nothing else to see, and yeah. very little about it appealed to me. But mm-hmm. I remember being like, "Oh, this is actually like a really strong movie." Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to revisit it. I- I'll say Wolf right now, but Birdcage is really solid. Yeah, really good Robin Williams performance. I've got a funny story about that movie. Let's have it. Okay, so that movie came out in early '96. So I was in eighth grade. Um, and there was me and this kid, Mike, and we sort of didn't like each other because I was the movie guy, but he was also the movie guy. So we always like were pitted against each other. Naturally. And we kind of like, like, yeah, it, like Nicholson and Spader. It was more like, like Magneto Xavier thing, <laughs> but he like would looked older so he could get into oh, R rated yeah. movies and stuff. So he saw the birdcage. Okay. And then he was that spe- R? Yeah. Oh, I thought and that was PG thirteen. Spe- he spent an entire like class or p- class period or whatever, like accusing me of being homophobic because I didn't see the birdcage oh, opening that's weekend. Bullshit. And I was just like, I can't get in. <laughs> and he's just like, so you admit you didn't see it? I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> There's a weird um, phenomenon happening uh, happening on. It seems like it's mostly on Twitter now where people are uh, – the the hardcore like Marvel stands yeah. are like um, 
if you don't see the Marvels, oh, you I saw don't this, like yeah. women. Yeah, it says like it, so-called male feminists. Yes, basically are revealed if like if as they being don't go phonies, see the Marvels. If they don't go see the Marvels. It's like, what if I just didn't like Captain Marvel and don't want to see the sequel? What if I haven't watched yeah Miss Marvel? And yeah, or all the yeah, all those shows, right? And yeah. I don't think the trailer looks very good. Like that's not to say I won't see it, but like, mm. I, there's very little about it compelling me to go see it right now. And it's not because I don't like women. Free Brie Larson. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Free a lot of people. Yeah. Um, primary colors. Oh, now I'm really put to the test. Primary colors probably a better movie. Uh, what planet are you from? That, okay, this one I'm positive. <laughs> okay, Wolf is better. <laughs> okay, uh, closer. Wolf is better. I like closer a lot. I, don't know uh, I only saw it once, and I was kind of like, I thought it was sort of like thuddingly obvious, and I forgot that that's a Mike Nichols movie. I I uh, I had the worst breakup of my life like six months before I saw Closer. So I when I watched I Closer, I was just like, fuck, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I'm like, heard all of them. I was just like, feel like I feel. And so it is. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. So it is. Um, and then Charlie Wilson's War was his last Wolf movie. is better. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was super excited for Charlie Wilson's War. Yeah. I was I like, mean, Aaron Sorkin's script, Mike Nichols directing, Tom Hanks as, as, as in, in the lead, Julia Roberts, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. It just didn't really yeah, it's connect. It's not great, yeah. Um, okay, and then this is a short list because 94 wasn't like a great year for horror. That surprises um, me. Better or worse than these 1994 horror this movies. This is barely a horror movie, but go yeah. ahead. Uh, Body Snatchers. Uh, Body Snatchers is a better horror movie. A Brain Scan. <laughs> I like Wolf better. I kind of want to see the cast flipped. Interesting. Like, Furlong Wolf. Furlong Wolf. Uh, Trickster the, as Spader. Langella in the Spader role. <laughs> He's got to be Christopher Plummer. Oh, Make a yeah, big splash. Make a big splash. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a girl in Brain Scan like, that he had a crush on. Sure. <laughs> Who um, remembers anything about Brain Scan except Trickster? T. Ryder Smith as Trickster. <laughs> um, he. Oh, I didn't pull this up, but it was uh, <clears throat> some of the nominations for this movie was like, got like five nominations at like the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. And I just thought it was so funny that, like, James Spader was nominated for Best Supporting Actor with T. Ryder Smith from Brain Scan. <laughs> and they both lost. I forgot to who. Um, and then, uh, okay, all right, so Chronos. Uh, I've never seen Chronos. And neither have I. Uh, Interview with the Vampire. I like Wolf better. Uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Need to see it again. Uh, Leprechaun 2. I like Wolf better. And uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I like Wes Craven's New Nightmare better. Yeah. Gosh, that's it for 94? That's it. That is weak. Yeah. I mean, not to say those movies are bad, but like... No, there's some good ones. There's there. like 10 or fewer horror movies that came out that year. Not a lot. That's wild. Yeah, it's a very... I mean, I just looked in the ad nauseum book, so there might yeah. be more, but that was... They, they're pretty comprehensive. Yeah, I'm sure there were there. some that like yeah. went straight to video and stuff like that, but in terms of theatrical mm -hmm. horror, that's it. That's it. Wow. And that's it for us, talking about Wolf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was a bummer. Oh on this no, one. you weren't at I all. I recommend a lot of stuff at the beginning. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and I said a lot of bad shit about Wolf, and then countered with like, but I still like it, which is yeah, a lot of nonsense. Um, are you like 
fully in scary movie month mode now? I think so. Yeah, I think it also helped that it got to be like September weather today. Okay, yeah. It was cold. Yeah, it was. I was I've been very cold all day. Yeah. Um uh yeah, I definitely like it, Flashback Weekend is always kind of the kickoff yeah. to my horror yeah. movie watching and then it definitely gets to a point where I'm like, I got to back off. Otherwise, October won't feel as special. Right. So, yeah. But uh, I'm uh, I'm excited. I might I might watch some more of Terrifier 2 tonight. Nice. Yeah. Watch the whole thing. Two and, oh, and a half hours. Late. Go in on the whole thing. Shebang. Yeah. <laughs> um, I almost rented Insidious, but the, the red new door? One, the red door. I might see that never. I didn't see four, so I... I did. There was another... I don't care. Oh, yeah. Transformers was the other one where I Rise of the like, Beasts? Yeah, I didn't even watch the last one, and I'm, for whatever reason... I'm no, like, I didn't either. I never saw... Rent. I never saw Bumblebee. I never saw The Last Night. I saw, like... Sinjanor. Where saw, is the key? I think I walked out of The Last Night. I can't remember. But there's a whole reass- reassessment that those movies are actually good now, because they're Michael Bay. Who I saw a picture of recently, and he's doing like a mad comb over. Is he? That's in the picture that I saw. Well, catches up with all of us. Sometimes. <laughs> um, no, this is <clears throat> stupid nonsense. <laughs> but that's um, what this whole show has been. One of the reasons why I kind of blanch at the Michael Bay thing. Yeah, I like Michael Bay's movies sometimes, yeah. um, and I think he's really talented. He's like one of the best action directors ever. Um, but the people who are like super, super into Michael Bay, they kind of breathlessly say his name and it sounds like my cool Bay. Oh, interesting. And they also do that with Chris Jim Bale. They always say Chris Jim Bale. And I'm just like, you're making me hate these people. Interesting. Because you're like, Chris Jim Bale? <laughs> my cool Bay? Batman? 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 Dark Knight? Dark Knight Rises? Batman kicks ass? Is Dark Knight Rises Christopher Nolan's worst movie? Probably. No. Yeah. What's his worst movie? You're not going to like it. Oh, shit. Tenet. Oh, really? I think this is his worst movie. I like Tenet. I, I just rewatched it. I like it. I know a lot of people like it. Yeah. I just, yeah, I find it just kind of impenetrable. It is. But like not in a fun way, in a audience frustrating way. I could see that. I was thinking about programming it for a smash cut because I never got to see it in the theater. It might be the first one. I <laughs> no, that's it's true. It's a long I did, I did ass never, movie. I did never see it. I you saw it projected on the side of a building. <laughs> that counts. Yeah, man, I went to great lengths to be entertained back then. What a weird time, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, now yeah. we're just talking about COVID. Yeah, and then I just would roll down the window and howl at the moon at certain <laughs> points, and then I would roll down the other window and howl. Me wonderful <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, go to fthismovie.com every day for more cool movie shit. New episodes every Wednesday of our podcast. New episodes of Reserve Seating every Thursday. We have mm-hmm. a Patreon, patreon.com slash fthismovie. Follow us on Twitter at fthismovie, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Send some emails. Do we, we get a lot of emails? Well, we get no emails. Can can somebody send us some emails? <laughs> we'll read them on the air. Yeah, we should start doing that. <laughs> I want to bring people in. I want I want lots of fucking emails. Hold on, all right. Wait, this first email comes in from a Carlito Briganti, <laughs> and it reads, "I'm sorry, guys. I haven't been listening to the show in a long time." <laughs> <laughs>
I just got out of Sing Sing, and we did not have quality internet connection. But now that I am out, oh shit, I can't comment on Blogger. <laughs> Hold on, I'll write an email. <laughs> Thanks for listening to FS Movie.